Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from? So my name's Orla Lynch and I'm originally from Avondale Flats. And we moved up to Blessington Street when I was about 15, I'd say. Yeah. And where do you live now? I live in Ballymun. Ballymun. My husband's a Ballymunner. Oh, is he? And kids are Ballymunners and I'm a Ballymunner now, but I love it. My and I ridiculed people. <laughs> Billy, I was one of them townies that was like, Bally Moners, Robbie Runners. I was like, yeah. Stop. And do you know what? I'd never go back to town now. Would I you love Bally I love it. Do you? I've great friends. I love the people. Yeah, my kids are little Bally Moners and my husband's a Bally So I have family. I'll tell you that later. Um, up there. Um, so this is the maddest thing, Orla. We. A friend of yours about three weeks ago messaged me and when I get requests for a podcast, I stick them in the request folder. I leave them there uh, when I have time to go to them. So I left them there. Then cue to Gar Brooks in the Clonliffe house. You said hello to me. You well, said I kind of stopped. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. You were fine. And we had a hug and a little chat and yeah. we left. And the next morning I went into my inbox and I mess- went through all my, le- my lists of messages I have. And one of the messages was from this girl, Jen. And I said, Jen, how are you? Sorry it's taking me so long. Would love to sit down with your friend. Let me know if she's free. And did you put two and two together? No. When th- no. No clue. Absolutely no clue. So then you messaged me to say, thanks for, s- sorry for wrecking your head last night or something like that. And I said, no, but I'm great to see you. Um, great to meet you, because it wasn't to see mm. you to meet you. And then it turns out, that Jen, who texted me three weeks ago, even more probably, was talking about you. About me. It's mad, isn't it? It's so spooky. Yeah, it really is. Like, oh yeah, a little, like, yeah. Do you know, I think we're definitely meant to sit down together. So, tell me about growing up in town for you. Um, I loved it. Like, you didn't know anything else, do you know what I mean? Great friends. Still have friends to this day in town. Um, used to sell on the hill. Do you know what the hill is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tempens and article. Yeah. Um, what was Tempens and article? What was that? Yeah, clothes. Did you oh, used to really? sell your clothes? Yeah, for money outside on the tours. Stop facing the women's labour. Yeah, because I lived in Avondale Flats. Yeah. So you used to get a bag of stuff and you just go down the hill in the morning. Saturday was it? Saturday, Saturday morning. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And my nanny and my ma used to. Um, so there was, you know, cardenses, mm-hmm. butchers, mm-hmm. that used to be on the corner. 
So they used to get the rashes and sashes in there and, you know, the tile roll and the washing up liquid and all. And there was a man, Big Tom, he used to sell, like, you know, the carpet and the lino. He's from Ballymun. Everyone went to Big Tom for the lino and the carpet. And, uh, yeah, like, I love school. I went to Marlborough Street. Mm. And then I went to Parnell. Um, love school. Yeah, it was great in school. I, do you know what? I, I moved into Sean McDermott Street probably probably in my tw- about 25 and 42 now, so Did that you? many years ago. in the flats? Which ones? So, you know where the hill was, I think, you know, and then there's a, ga- there's a gates there. Yeah, it's Avondale Flats, facing the women's labour. That's yeah. where I lived. So I, along the side there, like... Right, facing Tilly Shop, was it? No. The new apartments? The new apartments, but not the ones up here, the ones near, near down to the diamond. Yeah. So they went, they were here and they went around like that. Sean, something, oh God. Gardner Street Flats. Gardner Street Flats, was I'm sure. Street yeah, Flats? I'm sure it was Gardner Street Flats, yeah. Facing the park. Facing the park, but you I wasn't the road, I wasn't the road facing, I was this road. Right, okay. So yeah, I was I in there. I think it was probably Gardner Street. Yeah, I think so. So I was living, I lived there for, God, I couldn't, about two years, two what years. I loved it. I had great neighbours. Yeah. I really like Veronica Ryan. Um, my auntie lived around the corner, Misa Fagan. Um, so I had great neighbours, you know what I mean? And the people all up there, um, God, who else? The Conways were upstairs, Lorraine Conway. Um, and then, what's the name? Dreen, you know, Dreen, yeah, Fitzgerald, Fitzgerald, or all the Fitzgeralds. Yeah. Well, I went to school at Wessel. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So they used to let us park our car there and yeah. everything. So when we walked in Thomas Cook, we'd park our car outside Dreen's house. Right. Because we lived in Coolock at the time yeah. and we'd walk up. Yeah. Um, and then, so I have great memories for it, but I do remember the hill being there, yeah. but it was very different to what it was when oh, you were a kid. When I was a kid, like mm. the hill was buzzing. Mm. Everyone went the hill. Do you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't only all secondhand stuff on the yeah. hill. Like, you know, like, my ma used to go down and, you know, you'd buy the Capri Suns and the washing powder and, you know, the Tyler Rolls and all the likes of that, yeah, so... Um, Do you think, like, that's gone now for our yeah. kids? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's sad, isn't it? Very sad. It's social media. It's, like, it's good in one way, but I hate it in other ways. Mm. Like, I pity my kids growing up because they think like my little one is nine and she thinks everything she sees on tiktok and all this is is real yeah yeah you know and and this like it's her birthday last week and she thinks it's all about getting the balloons and getting the presents and making sure they're all wrapped and what is that about like what's wrong with you <laughs> what is that the balloons and i seen so balloons for birthday i've done it myself i've done like i just do the age for the kids and then for amelia because she's too old when the area i do probably a little bit better i'll do yeah um, but I seen the balloons for first day at school. Well, no, what's that all about? I was like, ah, uh, stop it, stop, girls. She's like, I'm oh, way too balloons and all. <laughs> Like, no, like my ma used to say to me, uh, a lovely card for you for your birthday, and you'd go in and say, Oh, where's my card? And she'd say, Oh, there, do you want to write it? Oh, well, we keep it till next year, it's too nice to write on. And she's a, a draw full of cards at home. Massive cards, you know the musical ones yeah, and all? Yeah. Not written on. She's sure. not a too nice. Oh, I couldn't give that away. It's too nice. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what I said. Like, cause we grew up uh, in the courts, like, and I, we didn't have a lot of money. And I say that all the time. My mad's kill me. But we didn't. So, like, birthdays and Christmases weren't huge deals. No. So, this is why, like, now I do kind of try and spoil the girls. But at the same time, I'm very much 
like please stop with the Christmas Eve balloons. Chris, I, I, I get the pajamas. Do I get the tie show boxes? The tie show pajamas. The tie show balloons. Yeah, it's like the banners. Fuck off! You know, it's like stop the world. I want to get I off. I want to get off. I've enough now. I'm busy. <laughs> yeah, because where else is it going? Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. It's just crazy. So, where did you meet your husband? So, where did I meet Ed? I met Ed. I was working in a place called Expeditors, right? And I walked up in the office, in the logistics office, and he was a truck driver, right? And one of the lads in the warehouse was leaving. And we went out for his leaving drinks. And Ed just kept throwing bear mats at me. And I was like, he's a bit of a fucking idiot, like. Because I was just after breaking up with somebody. And I was still in the house that me and this other fellow was after buying. Now, he went back to his ma's and I was in the house. Mm. But then before I knew it, Ed was sitting beside me. Now, I was finished with your man at the time. And I was like, oh, whatever. And then we went to the harp, me, me pal, and Ed. And he said, his phone died. And he goes, uh, will you take me number? And I was like, I'm not taking your number. I won't text you. I'm text a fella force. No, scarlet. So we got a pen and paper and he took my number down. And I was like, if you text, you text. If you don't, you don't. Mm. So we did. He texted me the next day and we went to see. My nephew was like, go to see this film called Hostage with Bruce Willis in it. One of the worst films ever made. <laughs> and we went to see. He's in a fucking house for the whole film. That's the film. And I was like, oh, my nephew said this is a great film. So we went to see that and then that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was like, what for you going to Ballymun? I was like, well, we bought, so I'm in Ballymun nearly 15 years, and that's all we could afford at the time, because we bought in the boom. Right. And then I wasn't the first time buyer, so we didn't get that grant. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, Ballymun, do you know what? I'll give it a couple of years, and then we'll get rid of it, and I'll buy me big fancy house with an island, because that's all I want is an (laughs) island. But, and then I went to the house, and I'll never forget, when we went to see the house, I got a lovely feeling. Mm. And then when my Martin all came out, she was like, no, this is a real happy house or something. And I just love it. I've gorgeous neighbours. Mm-hmm. I've gorgeous friends. I love it. You wouldn't hear a pin drop. Like, my dad was a taxi man. I can tell you he wasn't a taxi man. That he was a truck driver. But anyway, because he hates taxi men. Right. And he, he said, uh, so we used to do nights. So we lived in Blessington Street, so we lived on a main road. And Mountjoy Motorcycles was facing us. Mm-hmm. So your man would be on the bikes all the time, and my dad couldn't get asleep. So my ma used to pack him off out to my house. <laughs> and he was like a little child, and I used to make him um, a cup of hot milk and pour him up to bed. <laughs> I swear to God, and he'd fucking conk out for hours, and he'd get up, and he'd be in the twilight zone. He wouldn't know where he was. He'd be like... <laughs> like being down the country <laughs> out here I mean Matt say now is he well rested now go out for another few hours and mm. off he'd go to work yeah God. So that's, yeah isn't it mad how they you do, like some people like in in a city they have that mentality that like Kulak and Ballymun is miles away well I would have thought it was miles away <laughs> because years ago my auntie moved out to Finglas years mm. ago and um Finglas East and we used to get the bus mm. she'd be nearly an hour on the bus 
You used to like do the whole tour, scenic tour of Dublin. Yeah. And you'd be vomiting on the bus <laughs> like it'd be that long. So Ballymun then it was like, oh Jesus, no, that's in the country. Mm-hmm. But like it's literally 10 minutes in the car. Yeah. Into town. I know. It's, it's crazy. Class. Yeah. And like your map and dad probably coming out and being like a whole new world. Yeah. They loved coming out to my house. Yeah. Yeah. So Orla, your friend said to me that you had some tragedies in your life. And she was like, I just feel that she would be someone that I need to talk to because she, you're so inspiring through your grief and through your tragedies. So do you want to probably start at the beginning with that for me? Right. Um, so my brother does 10 months between me and my brother, Stuart. And uh, we always got on, always got on great. He was wild. And I mean wild rules didn't apply to him and that's probably from the time he came out of the womb Stuart just done Stuart but lovable like you'd be so attracted to him that like you'd gravitate towards him you'd want to be in his company you know because he was he was a good energy Mm. you know but um then he had problems with addiction and and he Got better after that, and um, he suffered very bad with his mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, he took his own life. Um, the twenty eighth of December two thousand and fourteen, and that was his third attempt. Yeah. So take it back for me. Grown up with him. Tell me about that. What was it like in the house? It was just... <laughs> it was just... Like, me and him used to be mad into WWF wrestling. So we lived in a two-bedroom flat. So my man and dad was in one room. Me, Suzanne and Stuart was in another. He was on the top bunk. She was on the bottom bunk. And I was in the single bed. And, like, you'd be lying in bed and he'd be like, off the top ropes. And he'd come from the top bunk down on top of it. Now, he was a big boy. <laughs> And I was like a little scrawny thing. And he'd fucking batter me. Like he used to pick me up by the throat with one hand. And my legs would be dangling. And he thought this was gas. Mm. And my dad, you see, my dad was called man CDL. So my dad was always in work from stupid o'clock in the morning till the night time. And I'd be like, I'm telling my dad when he gets home. So I was a rat like he told me about that. everything. And uh, he'd be like, shut up you. He was just gas. He was just a funny person. Like, he used to batter me, but I'd be like, ah. But he'd always have your back, like, so everybody would be like, Stuart Lynch's little sister. Stuart, oh, I'm going to hold you, Stuart Lynch's little sister. Mm-hmm. You know, so you kind of felt real safe. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I tell you, I was in Australia, so I went to Australia mm-hmm. when I was 22 on my own. Did you? Yeah. And, um, me and my pal was in a, a disco called Scruffy Morphys, dancing away. And this fella walks straight over to me and he goes, me, you're Stuart Lynch's sister. Don't tell me or not. And I was like, what? What? And he goes, don't tell me or not. He said, you're the bleeding image of him. <laughs> he said, with long hair. So in any way, it turned out, he used to walk with Stuart, but he was in Australia on the run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, we became great friends. Stop. Yeah. 
That yeah, is well, mad. he was able to pick me in the middle of Australia. Oh. Pick me over a, a crowded room. That's I knew who I was. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. And because there was only 10 months between us, like, we got on great. As I said, there was rules didn't apply to Stuart. Mm-hmm. Stuart done Stuart. But I was always real goody two shoes. Like, I'd never do anything wrong. And even if I was going to think about doing that wrong, I'd tell me ma first. Yeah, <laughs> I told me ma everything. Like, everything. And you see, they'd tell me ma nothing. And they'd be like, don't tell her, she'll tell me ma. And I did. <laughs> You know, that's why they wouldn't tell mm. me anything. But, um, yeah, he was he was just, he was great. And everyone knew him. And everyone loved him. And, like, if love could have saved him, he'd still be here today. You know, and I'd love him to see his funeral. Because, oh, my God. It was like, I've never seen, it was like fucking Bono's funeral. Stop. Bono. Mm-hmm. Died. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people came from everywhere, everywhere for him. What age did he get into addiction? Ah, he would have been young. So, so he would have been like a chubby kid. So he would have been kind of bullied a lot as a kid. And I'd say that probably did affect him. But then when he came kind of into a, like a teenager, mm. it kind of dropped off him. You know, when he starts smell, I mm. tell it. Do you, do you know the apartments? Mm. So Parvent. Yeah, I went to the apartments. <laughs> I well, I tell you about my first experience in the apartments with Stuart. So Stuart used to go. My mum didn't know where he was. He used to just go to the apartments. Mm-hmm. So me and my friends were saying, oh, I'd love to go, I'd love to go. So I begged my mum. I was like, oh, ma, please let us go. Let us go. Stuart is going. He'll mind me. And he goes, right, I will. Let her go. So my mum was like, right. So we got out of um, the flats. Mm. And he walked ahead of me and I was like, will you wait? And he was like, don't come near me for the night, right? Right? I'll never forget it. I was like, what? And we were walking down past Marble Street Church, you know, to, to, to go over. And I was like, will you wait? And, was, and he was like, I'm telling you now, don't even talk to me when we're in here. And I was like, oh, right. So we went in and anyway, we got in, I got into it. And I stood at the wall all night on my up. Yeah. All night. And I got home. And my ma goes, well. Because I think he used to get home about half eleven or something. Yeah. Ma, and I was like, oh, ma, it was brilliant. Oh. So he left me at the wall. So where he left me at the wall when we come in is where he picked me up at the wall when we went home. <laughs> I was like, oh, ma, it was great. And then my friend, like, because I went, I went down here. I was to her, ma. Yeah. Oh, I swear to God, it's brilliant. She's going to love it. It's, we know everybody. And I didn't know anybody. Were you afraid to move? I didn't know. I was only 13 or 14 or something, standing at a wall, like, in the apartments. Like, here I was, oh, my God, what's going on here? Like, I was afraid to even go to the toilet in case somebody had wanted to talk to me. Yeah. So, um, but I'd always do things like it. That, that mm. wouldn't bother me, you mm. know. So then the next week, my friend came, and then we got a little posse going, and then, yeah. like, I didn't need him anymore, you mm. know? So, um, so yeah, that, that's, that's me, me apartments. Yeah, I, come here, I could tell you stories about him. He was the funniest. He was the funniest, and there was, there was always stories with him. He just, as I said, rules didn't apply to him. Mm. He, dro- he drove an articulated truck. 
no license, never had a license. Um, he's had the best of jobs. He walked on the security in, I think it was Crow Park when you two were playing. Right. And uh, they were doing a sound check. And he plugged the fucking thing out to plug his laptop in. And Bono's having the fucking seminar on the stage. What's going on? And she goes, I'm telling you about that. Just charging my laptop. <laughs> so he plugged it back in. And he goes, now, to be honest with you, Arlo, he was being a bit of a prick. <laughs> so we robbed all the VIP bands, yeah. you know, for the pit. Yeah. And sold them for 20 euro. <laughs> and made a fortune. He was like, fuck you, Bono. You're more money than me. It's yeah. Gas. He just like like if you said to Stuart, don't touch that. Mm. It's like Dougal on the plane, you know, the yeah, red button. Yeah. Don't touch that now. Yeah. More than you don't touch mm. it. He'd have to. Mm. Like he'd have to keep tipping you and he's just a mess or wind up merchant. Yeah. Why is it and it, it is like a recurring thing that we have this beautiful life and soul of the party who struggle the most. Now, if he walked into the room, as I said, you'd be drawn to him mm. and you'd be like, oh my God, he's full of confidence. He's so happy. And he used to sing, he used to sing, you know that song? People say I'm the life of yeah. the Yeah. Yeah. And it's only now when I listen to that song, it's like, Jesus, God love him, like, mm. you know? Did you know that he struggled so much with his mental health? Well, this was his third attempt. As he got older, like into his like late 20s, in, like he was on 27 when he died. So he he would he would have struggled like with depression and like his mental health and, you know, and I don't know. I know it was only like eight years ago, but I think we know more now than we did then. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like... My mum and dad would have been of a generation is, ah, you'd be grand. Because mm. they didn't mm. know, like, mm. and you didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, like me and my ma used to talk about everything. And then Stuart would talk to me ma. And, like, he was real childlike. Like, he wasn't very academic, so he wouldn't be great at reading and he wouldn't be great at writing. And, like, me ma used to tell him he was a ball boy. You know, and he'd be like, oh, sorry, ma, I didn't mean that. Like, it was, you know. Mm-hmm. They baby, like, it's like, but I think a lot of mammies baby their boys, do you yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. sometimes to their detriment, but. Yeah, like, he was always so, like, he'd be mixed up in his head. Like, I remember him saying to me, ma, one time, when is my birthday? And she goes, the 5th of July. And he goes, like, so have I had my birthday this year? And she goes, well, it's fucking August, I should hope so. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, all right. And he goes, and how old was I on my lad? You know, like, he used to get muddled. God. Yeah. And how old was he when he first took, tried to take his life? Do we say that, tried to take their life? I think they're trying to change words on everything. Now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And if I say the wrong thing and I'm in front of people, we, I don't know. It's this, I'm just, yeah. this mm. is... Mm. How I'm trying to just, you know, how old was he? So he was 37 when he died. So it would have been probably five years, I'd say, probably before that. And and it's 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 mad, right? So he ended up. I came home from work, and he was on the sofa, and I went into the kitchen, 
and my ma goes he doesn't look right over there on that sofa and when I went over and he was lying on the sofa like his face was blue and I goes and he turned on his side and all this stuff came out so and anyway we rang the ambulance and I went in the ambulance with him and he was just taking a load of tablets and anyway but he was all right then after that and then another time he done it just before that all up but did you take that really serious then like did the family take that really serious oh, was, yeah like was it a shock to you that he was at to doing that or was yeah it? like me ma was like like why did you do that and me auntie breathed it like she was like like why didn't you ring me like never do that again and and he was like oh oh no, sorry I didn't mean it or like it was a it was a mistake it was an accident like so we had insomnia as well he's like I just God. wanted to go to sleep for a while and so we were like, oh, maybe he didn't mean it. Maybe it was an accident. Mm. And then he was all right for a while. But was he all right? I don't know. He obviously wasn't all mm. right. And then he done it another time in his flat. And he sent a text message to me da. And me da showed me nephew. And me da was like, what would you make of that? So they went over. And they got him in time. And he ended up in the hospital but that matter hospital is a bleeding joke. So when you went over, and then my ma went up, and it's it's gas. Like my ma brought him up. He's like, she had like loads of cardin beef and batch bread with his real butter and his packet of king and a flask of coffee and all because he'd be starving over there. And, and she was like, now what did you do that for? That was a silly mm. billy thing to do. And he was like, I oh, know, ma, pull that curtain around. He said, I'm bleeding, starving. He was only worried about his sambo. Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? So, do you think when he, he, I think it was a cry for help, mm. but there was nobody coming to help him. Like we weren't professionals; we didn't know what to do. Like they put him out at my hospital with a number to ring, and he rang the number, and he couldn't get through and a prescription. Like what the fuck are you supposed to do with that? Mm. I'm at, I mean, I'm at take, trying to take my life twice. Mm. You have me on record, and you're giving me a phone number to ring. Like, it's shocking. Mm. It's, like, disgraceful. Mm. You know? It is. To see them like that when they're so... They're looking for help and they're not getting yeah. it. That's really hard. Yeah. And then, can I ask you, where were you when you found out that he had taken his life? So, it was the 28th of December. And I was at home. I was after, literally, like, it was four o'clock... I said, I'm going to go down to Aldi and do me shopping. And I was at the taking me bags and I was about to open my back door and my phone rang and it was my ma. I was like, oh, my ma. So my ma always called Stuart King Kong because right. my ma was tiny like you, mm. little tiny dot. And Stuart was a big presence. And she used to call him King Kong. Yeah. And he loved it. And uh, she rang me and I was like, oh... <laughs> So we used just the way you used to answer the phone. That's it. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So she goes to me, Kong is dead. And I said, what? And she said, Kong is dead. And I remember just dropping the phone and screaming. And Ed ran into me and he was like, what's wrong? And I says, that was me, ma. She just said, Kong is dead. And he, Ed is great. Like, Ed is real. He doesn't panic, he's real calm and he's real, right, okay, come on, I'm bringing you in. And I was like, what do I do? Like, because the 
kids. Like, my little one was only one. My little fellow was only four. And he was like, don't worry about anything. I'll just drop you into your mask. You go in. I'll go home. Text me when you need me. Ring me. Whatever. So Ed brought me in. And I remember I went into my mask. And my ma was sitting in the kitchen with his jumper. Because he was at the giving of the jumper the week before to wash. Because my ma was a lovely washer. And he says, wash that. And she had the jumper over her arm. And she just looked at me. And I was like, ma, what the fuck? And she just goes to me, or let the calm before the storm. And I says, what do you mean? She goes, you watch this house in an hour. She said, it's going to be bedlam. This is the calm before the storm. And like that, it spread like wildfire. And it was all over Facebook. It was all fucking RIP, this shite, you know. And the, then the house was just... And my ma wasn't able for it. You know, she just... She was appreciating people coming, but she wasn't able. Like, my ma died that day. So what what happened is they hadn't heard from him. And my dad rang me Auntie Breda and was like, have you heard from Stuart? And Breda said, no. And he, he goes, so do I have to be in over there, like, the day previous? Mm. Like, calling him, trying to get in, and there was no answer. Mm. And my dad remembered he had a key off Stuart's flat. And he goes, Breda, I have a key. He said, I'm going to go over. And she was like, right, let me know. So Breda was in town with my uncle. And uh, my dad went up. And let himself in. Stuart was there. And that was the day of my dad's 64th birthday. He found his child. Yeah. So he rang Breda. And. No, he rang me. I don't know who he rang first. He rang either Breda or my ma first. And. Breda ran from the Ilac Centre over to Oliver Bond. Like her husband was in the dressing room trying something on. And she just left him. And he was ringing that and he was like, where are you? And she was like, fuck off you. Because like, Stuart would have been kind of the apple of everyone's eye because he was so wild and free. You just couldn't help but love him. Mm-hmm. But he was, he'd such a good heart. Like the only person he caused any harm to was himself. You know, like he wouldn't do bad on anyone. He, he had a good heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then like, it's mad. And then Breda, I remember Breda coming. And I was like, Breda, where is he? And she, she was like, um, like, the priest came and I got the priest to say a prayer. And he was lovely. He was just sitting there. And I was like, yeah, but what was he saying? Like, I couldn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, what was he saying? She goes, he wasn't saying nothing. And then my mom started making sandwiches. And I was like, what are you doing? She goes, he'd be starving. She's making stewardy sandwiches. And he's packed. And I was like, ma. And she goes, oh, balls, yeah. And like, it was just, it was just mad. And then my dad came in. And I remember looking at my dad and I was like, he's had to dine. He's just like the shoulders slumped. And you know the way men don't talk? Women can talk. Men don't. So the 28th of December, 2014, Stuart died, but my mum and dad died as well. They just, 
I never seen anyone cry the way my ma cried. She just, she just couldn't stop. And my dad used to cry in his sleep. And he'd be screaming for him. Yeah. Just couldn't stop. Did you go over to the house to see him? No, because I didn't want to leave me ma. So it was a closed coffin. So we didn't see him. You know, we we didn't get to see him. Nobody got to see him. Like, um, yeah, but then his funeral and all, and I remember. So we went in with my nanny and granda, and like they the love and that. Um, and I remember my ma saying to me auntie, because my auntie Brida is a real doer. Mm. Like, she gets stuff done where my ma just couldn't cope. Mm. And she kept saying to Breed, you have to get his name on the headstone. It's like a John Doe up there. You know, like, I want people to see his name as well. He's somebody. He's mine. You know, and so Breed got his picture and his name on it. And my ma never went to see it. She couldn't. Yeah, she couldn't. But she knows it's there. Yeah. So... It was just, it was just horrific. And then, my mind didn't want to do that. She didn't want to go out because she didn't want people talking to her. Because she kept, kept saying, I just keep crying. I was like, so I fucked him. So, my mind loved her. Anyone that knew my mind knew she loved her shopping trolley. The Ilac Centre was her go-to. Every single day of the week, she was out with her trolley. And she didn't. And my ma bought me da a car, a new taxi in 2000, October 2014. And again, he got a stickered up and, and whatever. Like, he didn't even walk it. Because he, didn't, he couldn't go back to work. Yeah. Isn't it horrific? What, like, I think, as you said, the generation that they are and the older people that they are to lose a son or to lose a child. Yeah. And I get, like, losing a child at any age, but I think, you know, when you get in, like, if that had happened to my brother that time when he had his mental break, like, I think it would have killed me, Amanda. Yeah. Like, and I know it killed him, killed him if you were 40, but you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I just think the older they are, yeah. the more vulnerable yeah. they are. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you said that, that about the house and... Not able, and I don't know whether sometimes it's right to have people in houses. She or was, she wasn't able yeah. because my ma would be in a real private person like me as well. Like mm. me and my ma thought we were like that. We told each other everything, mm. so like we we had George Coffin in the house, and it, the house was private. Mm. My ma couldn't even like George was in the sitting room. My ma couldn't even come into the sitting room. She couldn't even come up the stairs when the men were taking them out. She ran. She she couldn't even look at it. The coffin, like, she... It was just... It was horrific. And she kept saying to me, Oh, Arlo, what if he changed his mind? And he was calling for me and I didn't hear them. So, so she blamed herself. You know, she was like... He hated living over in that flat. Why didn't I just let him come home? Why didn't I do this? I should have done this. I should have done that. And I was like, my, I couldn't have done any more for him. He was 47. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, years ago, 
Like when he had his addiction and all, I used to be like, fuck him out, get rid of him. Fucking sick of him, blah, blah, blah. And I never forget, she says to me one time, a mother's love is unconditional. And when you have your own children, you'll understand what I'm talking about. And she never turned them away. You know? It's funny because Joe McGuckin. Yeah. Like the regret he has of yeah. fucking his brother away from the door. Yeah. And he said the same thing yeah. about his ma. Yeah. And like as women, these women, they there's nothing that like they can't have regrets because they did nothing wrong. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But to, you couldn't tell my couldn't mother. tell someone that couldn't mm. tell her. Like so, my ma used to love coming out to my house every weekend for a few bottles and all. Mm. She couldn't even come Did out. she not come out to you? Because she'd be like, "Now I'm a burden on you." Because all I do is cry. And I'd be like, so what? I'll cry with you. And she'd be like, no, that's not fair on you. Like, you have to go through what you're going through. And I'd be like, don't be worried about me. I'm grand. You know, and she'd be like, no, it's not fair on Ed and the kids as well. Because I'm just sitting there crying. I didn't care. Mm. Once she was with me. Mm. And she says to me, one night she was out in my house. This was just a couple of weeks before she died. We, we were having a few... Like, she lost the colour in her face. She went this grey colour. And she never got a colour back the day Stuart died. And she's, we were sitting at my kitchen table and she says to me, I don't want to be here anymore. I was like, trying to make light that you can fuck off now, mm. ma. Don't do that to me. And she goes, no, I'd never do it to you. She says, but you know the way I'm a doubtful, Thomas, because my ma was... Great faith. Mm. And I said, yeah. And she goes, eh, I don't know. Like, people are saying he's in a better place. How the fuck would they know where he is? She said, until I see him, and I know he's all right. That she said, but the only, the only way I can see him is if I'm not here. And she said, only on that much of a windbag, she said, I do what he did. And I was like, ma. Like, what about me? Like, I was being selfish. I was like, what about me? What about my kids? Like, no, you can't. And she goes, oh, no, don't worry about that. I'd never do that. Because mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be brave enough. She said, but um, I, I'd love to know. I'd love... She just wanted to see him. Mm-hmm. She's, and you know all these people, signs, and she said, no, if he could give me a sign, he'd give me a sign. Mm-hmm. And she never got that sign. And, you know, that grows on your heart. Yeah. And that probably was like a fungus growing on her heart every day. Yeah. Wanting to see him. Like like when my granny died, so when her mother died, so I was real close to my granny. My granny died in my arms. Me and my granny was like that. So when she died, my ma went, do you ever hear someone crazy in grief? Mm. Like she was crazy in grief. Like mad. She was crazy. But when Stuart died, she just, she died. I don't know who she was. I didn't recognise her. She wasn't my ma. She wasn't like, my ma was my hero and then other people, whatever. But she was just a real ma. She idolised our kids were her life. Amira, we just were their world. They didn't see anyone else, only us once. We were happy once we... You know, we're all right. They were all right. 
How did you come home then to your small children with that grief? So I never cried in front of my kids. Um, well, Poppy was only one mm. and Riley was only four. So they were babies. They didn't yeah, know. How did you carry on being a mummy to small babies in your grief? I don't know. I don't know. It's a blur. I've, I've a good husband. That's all I can say is I don't know what I did. I think he done it. Because, like, some days I used to just cry, cry. I'd go up in the morning, get the kids ready, put them into school, come back, get into bed and cry till I had to go collect them. Or if Ed was finished early, he'd collect them. And I'd, some days I wouldn't get back out of bed. And your dad, tell me about your dad. So, so my ma died before me dad. Okay. Um. So when Stuart died, me dad just became a shell. Like, so he didn't go back to work. He, he didn't go out for his pint. He didn't do his few bets. He, he didn't do anything really. He, um, he lost stones, stones. Just kept vomiting and vomiting and vomiting. And uh, we kept bringing them to the... So Stuart died in December. So say from the early March, April, we kept bringing him over to the matter, saying, there's something not right here. See, so he was diagnosed with rheumatized arthritis and mm. he was on these real strong tablets. And they said, because they had to get the, the dosage right, mm. the tablets was upsetting his stomach. So they'd give him like an anti-sickness tablet or a stomach tablet or, you know, but he was vomiting. Like, he'd eat a slice of bread and he'd vomit up a loaf of bread. Do you think that was true? Is grief or...? Yeah, yeah, I think it was. So, then, so we were bringing him to hospital, constantly bringing him to hospital. And then the 6th of October, 2015, my ma rang me. I was at home, so I didn't go back to work. I, I went sick from work for a while and my ma rang me the 6th of October and she says to me I said oh yeah that's not right and she was crying and like if you knew my ma and dad they mm. didn't cry over each other mm. like do you know mm. what I mean she goes no he's, he's not right she said he can't even get out of bed and I was like right fuck this I said I'm on the way in I said I'm bringing him over that matter I said I'm we're not leaving until we find out she goes right so I was my ma and dad, I was my ma's next to kin and I was my dad's next to kin. They weren't each other's mm. because my ma couldn't cope with hospital. She was never in hospital in her life, only mm. to have us. She was never sick. Me dad would have been the same. So like I'd kind of be the sensible one of the family. Mm. So if there was like any forms or phone calls or it'd be like get Orla to do it. So uh so we went in the sixth and uh, my ma came with us and she was real uneasy she kept pacing up and down and I said to my ma you go on over because we only live across mm, the Blessing mm. Street I said you go on over I said I'll ring you she kept saying no I'll wait I'll wait and she kept going outside for a smoke so in any way he was called to the, the triage is that what you call yeah. it the triage mm-hmm. so we went in and the nurse was asking him questions and she was looking and she goes yeah I can see her after losing a load of weight there and I says come in I'll tell you something doctor I'm not taking him home. 
I said, because he's coming home to die. I said, now you can do something. I said, because I'm walking out here. I said, and he's not coming with me. And she goes, oh, no, we'll get you looked at. So they kept putting it down to his medication. So they put him into Rayfield's. It's, a, it's one of the day wards, and anyway, they put mm. him into. And uh, I said to my man, now it's grand. He has a bed. You go on. Mm. You go on home. I'll ring you when I know more. Mm. And uh, she goes, right, yeah, that's grand. That's grand. You get us sorted. And, you know, the doctor was doing his rounds. And I remember this doctor woman came along and she put her hand on his stomach and she kept doing, you know, that tapping. Mm. And I knew by her face, I didn't like the look of her face. I was like, what is it? And she was like, oh, no, nothing. She says, um, I think we'll do the camera on you, Terry. You know, the camera mm. down and the camera up. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's grand. So she went and I was like, I will get you sorted now, die, you know, you'll be grand. And he stood up, he said, I'm bursting to go to the toilet. And he stood up. And he was after losing that much weight, his jeans fell off. And he kind of looks, but that was real pride, like. Mm. He looked at me and I was like, ah, it's grand. And I pulled him up for him. And I had to help him into the toilet because he was that weak. So he went around, went to the toilet, waited for him, brought him back to the bed. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And because that's only a day word, they took him out of the day ward and put him back into the oh emergency room on a plastic chair. And he was on that plastic chair for about 13 hours. Oh, my God. Yeah. So then they eventually got a bed for him. And he went up and he, he was in the bed on the 6th of October. I think that could have been a Friday and then the next day was a Saturday. I can't remember anyway, mm. one of the days, and I went into him, and my mum was like, oh, you're very good giving up your Saturday to come in and sit with your dad. She said, you know I'm not able for the hospital. And I was that all right, them kids are home on his own. He can come in with the kids if he needs that. And I was like, don't be worrying about him. So I went over to my dad in the hospital, and we were just sitting there chatting. And uh, my mum rang, and she was like, how is he? And I was like, yeah, he's grand, he's sitting on the bed here. And she was like, no, tell me the truth, how is he? She said, is he going to die, is he going to die? And I was like, will you give it over? They were after doing the camera, that's what it was. Mm. And they thought he had, they thought some gallbladder or something, I don't know what, I can't remember. Um, she was hysterical on the phone, I remember my dad taking the phone and he was like, I'm all right, Mary, mm. I'm going to be all right, will you relax? So then, I think it was the yeah, it was the mon. So it was the Monday the following week. I can't remember when it was. Anyway, they admitted him, and he was in mm. hospital for a few days. So the Monday was the thirteenth of October, and the the doctor came in and had his scan and says we're after finding a mass and my dad goes what's that mean and he said well it looks like it's a tumour in your stomach and he, my dad goes is it cancer and he said we're not sure but we think it might be and he goes that's it then I'm going to die and he he was okay with that He was, and I was like would you ever give it over? You're not going to die. The, the doctor's after telling you. At any stage with the Morley, were you angry at them? Me, ma and dad? Mm. Like, were you angry that they wanted to die? Yeah. But I was more angry with Stuart. Because he robbed his own life, but now he was robbing me, ma and dad's life. And then... He robbed me of a man and dad. He robbed me of a brother. He robbed my kids of knowing what it's like to have a great granny and granddad. Like, because I had... My granny and granddad was great. And I wanted that for my kids. And my kids was never going to get that. So, like, I was full of rage. But I had to hold it down because I had to get them right. You know, so that was my goal. Get them right, get them all right. And then everything be grand. Not grand, but do you know what I mean? If they're all right... You could then we deal could with be all rage right, you know, and deal with everything. We could just keep mm. going. 
so that was the third end of October. He was at being diagnosed. They said, like, yeah, it's a tumor, whatever. And my auntie breeder was with me, and she goes to me, Orla, we won't go over to your ma's yet because she says, I'm running. She had to collect her grandson from school. She says, I'm running. She says, I don't want to just go in, give that news to your ma. Mm. And then... Whose sister was she? Run, my ma's. Okay. She's so my ma like was the oldest. Yeah, our breeder is. She, I'd be lost without her. We'd all be lost without her. Everyone mm. should have a breeder. Mm. So she goes, I don't want to run. She said, so I'll tell you what, we'll go in in the morning. So I said, right. So I don't think I even rang me ma. I did ring me ma and having a chat to her. And, I, and still to this day, I can't remember what we spoke about our last conversation. And I've tried and I've tried to remember and I can't. But I know I was dodging the subject of me da. I know she asked me, did I go in to see him? And I told her I didn't. Mm. But I did. Mm. But I couldn't tell her what I knew. Because I had to wait until the next day mm-hmm. for Breda to be with me, for us to tell her then. And I didn't want to tell her over the phone because mm. you don't say that over the phone. So that was grand. So then I was bringing Poppy to, Dr. Riley to school, bringing Poppy to crash, And I got a phone call. It was about ten past, quarter past nine. And it was my ma's phone. And called, was it? And it was mm. my nephew. And he says, Orla, get in quick. And I was like, why? What's wrong? What's going on? And he goes, he said, I, I don't know what's wrong with me, ma. So my ma read him. Okay. I don't know what's wrong with me, ma. He says, but there's fire brigades and there's ambulance and everybody's here. And Helen was, oh, she'd be bleeding mortified. Because she was so private. Mm. So I was like, right. And then bleeding rush hour traffic. Oh, God. I couldn't, I couldn't get in quick enough. But in any way, I got in. And I remember, like, driving in... So we live in Blessington Street, and we have, like, a big... Um, a big courtyard mm. where we park. So I I was driving into the courtyard. My ma's two neighbours was there. They opened the gate to let me in. I ripped the whole side of the car off the wall. And I remember my two neighbours saying, um, do you want us to go over with you? And I was like, no, not at all. Grand. Like, I was like, my ma be fucking scarlet. Mm. So when I went over, I, I, I got to the matter and I was like, right, Adam, where are you? I'm here. And he says to me, I'm in the family room. And you know, when you're in the family room, it's not good. And I was like, family room? Why are you doing the family room? And I was like, it's probably in there with me, Matt. Like, didn't know what to be thinking. Mm. So when I got in, he was just in. I was like, what's the story? And he goes, I don't know. I haven't seen her yet. Like, I don't know. And I was like, right. And then this doctor and this nurse came down and they sat down and they were like, we're really sorry. And I was like, what are you on about? And he goes, like, we done everything we can. And I was like, seriously, what are you on about? Where's me ma? And I was like, I have to ring Breda. So I rang Breda and Breda was like, how are you? Yeah, I'm just getting ready. We go into your ma soon. And I goes, no, Breda. I said, I'm in the matter. I said, that's trying to say my ma's dead. And she was like, what? So I blinked and she was in. And then my ma's other sister was in and everybody was there. And I still hadn't seen my ma yet. And I was just like, 
remember standing outside having a smoke and I was like, she is going to be fucking scared when she sees all these people. Because my ma didn't like fuss. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So they said, oh, like you can you can go in and see her. So I went in to see her and uh, like she was still warm. And the policeman came in and the policeman was like, who's an Mexican? And I said, I am. And I had to identify it. Like, I had to say, yeah, that's Mary Lynch. Like, and it w- I was just like, oh, my dad, my dad's upstairs. He doesn't know. And I was like, Adam goes, I'll, so me and Adam, my nephew went up. And we got the lift up. And I opened the door and my dad was sitting on the bed and he turned around and me and Adam started crying. And he was like, I'm going to be grand, will you? Don't be worrying. And we were like, no, my mum's actually downstairs. They're saying she's dead. And he was like, what? So they had to bring him down. So he was on a feeding drip because he would malnutrition because he couldn't eat. So they had to put him in a wheelchair to bring him down. And it was it was pitiful. He couldn't even, like, get up to kiss off her because he had no energy. And then it was just... It was just like, here we go again. What happened to Orla? She's had a heart attack. She's broken heart. She's broken hearted. But I was like, you fucking sleeve in. You told me it wouldn't leave me. Like, what am I going to do now? Because anybody who knows me, me and my ma were inseparable. Like, when I met Ed, she used to say to Ed, now Ed, you're not only with her, you're with me, me as well, but only platonically, like, with me. And I'd be like, ma, we're over. And she'd say, no, like, you can't leave me out again. <laughs> Like, she used to come on holidays with us. Like, when we went to book, have a look at her hotels for getting married, she came with us. She was like, well, if I'm paying for it, I'm gone. <laughs> uh, she she came everywhere with us. Sunday drives, like, me, Ed, and my ma. Like, even before we had kids, me, Ed, and my ma. Like, it, it would go, we used to always go away for New Year's, and uh, sometimes she'd make me dad walk. Me, Ed, and my ma in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like mm. she she yeah, she was she was great, she was. And I just I couldn't believe it and then like her funeral was just it was just the saddest. Like so she went to the church. Like my dad couldn't even go to her funeral. She didn't know. He 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 physically couldn't go. Like, it, it was October, it was freezing. He was only about fucking eight stone at the time. He was in a wheelchair. So he didn't go. So he sat on the cancer ward, Vincent's cancer ward, and his brother sat with him. And then after the funeral, me, Adam and my sister, we went straight up to me dad and sat with him for a while. 
and then like we had to go to the pub because like everybody was going to so you have to like mm. go and show your face yeah your poor dad yeah but and I remember then a few days after the funeral so so my goal then was I was in with me dad every day I'd bring the kids to school I'd go straight into me dad and I'd be in with him every day in the in the cancer ward and I remember me my sister and my nephew was there one day and he I don't know what was said and my dad goes oh no well Arla is the boss now and I said no I'm not the boss I don't want to be the boss I said you're the boss I said you're not giving that title to me and he, he kind of just went like that as if to say because I was the boss, like I mm. ruled the roost. Mm. I was the youngest, but like <laughs> what I said mm. went, do you know mm. what I mean? And um, I just remember him saying that now she's the boss now. He'd given up, he, he didn't want to be the, he, he wanted to get better, but he hadn't got the strength to get better, if you know what I mean. So, like, so he died. 10 weeks to the day after me ma yeah so so he died five minutes before Christmas Eve yeah out in the hospice where he is with him so me ma's brother Thomas who would have been one of my dad's best friends mm-hmm. and my nephew Adam was there we were only at going home mm-hmm. we were only at the going home and we got the phone call to go back out and I think they do choose who they want, mm. you know. So, and that was just, I remember thinking, I guess this is a fucking wind up. And because, like, I don't know everyone to say to me, you're real strong, you're very strong. I'm not. Mm. And I didn't want to be. Like, I'd wanted to, I wanted my dad to mind me. Yeah, I wanted someone to mind, like, my husband was minding me, but I wanted me man, Watch like, I urged from me man and dad, like, because I was like, I'm actually never going to come first to anybody ever again. Like, you're guaranteed, you're always going to come first to your man and dad. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Th- that's, that's just a given. And I was like, my kids are never going to come first to them, to anybody. Mm-hmm. So all my kids have is, like, me and their dad, like, mm-hmm. I mean, nephew and my sister, but like, I'm not going to come forced to anybody. My kids are not going to come forced. Mm-hmm. If, do you understand yeah. what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. And I just felt so robbed, and people saying to you, You're so strong. I'm not. And I didn't want to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to be in a pool on the floor, mm-hmm. but I felt like I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Because. People expected me to be strong, so I had to be strong. Whereas I'd go home and I'd cry for hours to eat. And then I'd wake up the next morning and I'd be like, showbiz again. You know, and they'd be like, Jay, she's great. She's real strong. And it's so far from the truth. Did you, after your mum died, did you, like, talk to Stuart? Like, did you tell him how much you fucking resented him? Yeah. Did you resent him? Yeah. And I think a bit of me kind of still does. Mm-hmm. And 
like so of a picture up in the house and he's kind of laughing at me and I'd be like yeah look at you laughing it's well for you laughing mm-hmm. fucking laughing now because you have the two of them there with you and look at the devastation we're left with you know because that's something that Natalie and I always bring it back to Natalie because Natalie does grief so well and that's not being funny saying that you know what I mean but she says like this the song Jealous of the Angels and I remember being on board and on, when I work on the ship and Catherine Jenkins sang it and I wasn't allowed to record and I sat there in a box and I recorded it on the slide to send to her because mm-hmm. she says I am jealous of all me aunties and all who have my ma up there with me. Yeah. And I'm, I don't know if jealous is the right word, I'm envious of anyone who still has the ma. Mm-hmm. And like, like when I heard you saying to Joe McGuckin, like growing up, she had a fucking hate me ma. Mm-hmm. I was like, see I never hated yeah. me ma. Yeah. Me and me ma was always pals mm. from the time I was, Small, like mm. she was always me go to girl, you know. Mm. Your ma's never gonna guide you wrong. Mm. If you want good advice, you go to your ma because they want the best for you, mm. so they mm. will give you the best information. And she was always right. So she used to say, Oh, would I ever guide you wrong? Mm. Stick with me, stick with me, and you'll, you know, you'll be all right. And she was fucking right, mm. you know. So I'm yeah, I'm jealous of people that have their ma and their dad. Like, my dad was great. My dad was a worker. He gave me ma all the money. Like, my dad says, when she met me, she gave up work. Mm. Um, yeah, my dad, my dad was, was, was the worker. And it's gas, like, so my dad was a truck driver and then he was a taxi man. Ed is a truck driver and now he's a taxi man. <laughs> So they say it, Mary, or that, and, and mm-hmm. he gives me all these wages as well. So it's like... <laughs> History repeating itself. Me and Ed is me ma and da. Mm. Do, mm. do you know what I mean? But, um, True that. Ed must have been absolutely up the fucking walls over you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. But, like, to me, Ed is so strong. Like, I idolise Ed. I'm 17 years with him and I just think he's getting better. And I know you might say, fucking idiot. But he is like, how he stuck me. I wouldn't have stuck me. Like, I was, ah, yeah, everything's grand. And like, say if if that was there, I'd blow up. And he'd be like, right, okay, where do you want it to go? Like, he was real can't now come here he's well able to tell me off when mm. i'm being a dickhead mm. you know like he's well able for me mm. but he knew because i was that like i didn't know what end of me was up i didn't know what day it was i i didn't want anyone near me but yeah i wanted everyone near me it's mad i did I, I didn't want to get up but i didn't want to go to bed mm. you know like i was all over all over the shop because it's funny, because like, and I say that all the time because it's funny, but um, and I don't mean it like that. Um, Paul would say to me, like, you know what I mean? Why are you in the height? Like, you come home, you're out fucking, and there's pictures of you on social media having a ball, and you're out talking to this person, you're great. And he was like, why can't you just be that person yeah. at home? Yeah. And I was like, but Paul, I'm the real me at home with yeah. you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I can only be like this yeah. with you. And it's hard, like, having to portray yourself as, mm. like, 
look at her, isn't it? Isn't she real strong and she's great? Mm. When it's not, that's like, like I pine for my ma every day, every minute of the day. I still pick up the phone to ring her. I still have the last text she sent me. Well, it's not a text, you know, it was a missed call, you know, the way it comes through as a text. But I can't remember her last conversation. And that kills me. But I'm I'm raging for me kids because me kids, like like Poppy to say, ah, oh, didn't Granda used to call me his ray of sunshine, and and he did, like she used to be running up and down like Vincent's cancer ward. All the nurses knew. You'd be like, oh, how's Poppy? Is our chicken pox gone? We'd all be telling them all, <laughs> you know. And and then Riley was only. So he would have been five and he remembers a bit of me that he'd say, yeah, you used to always call me Rash, Rasher. But Poppy remembers nothing. But yeah, I can see me ma and Poppy, some of the things she does. Like, and, and that warms me heart. But I do be like, you know, if me ma was here, she'd love that. She'd love it. You know? And again, what Natalie was saying, <coughs> what she was saying was that her granddad died when she was, I think, six or seven. And she mourns that man every year. And she puts the photo up and she puts everything. And I'll be honest, Orla, I'd roll my eyes. And like we, I used to be say to her when I was a teenager, I'd be like, to Emma Jane, I'd be like, what's wrong with her? Oh, it's our granddad. I'd be saying, is she for fucking real? She didn't even know the man. What is she bleeding crying for? He, he, like, he died when she was seven. So I'm yeah. like, how, like, as a, a teenager... Mm. I didn't understand right. how she could be so upset about a man yeah. that she, but she did know him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but like we were so ten years later, she was crying, still crying for our granddad. Yeah, and I couldn't understand that. Right, and even now, sometimes I don't understand it until she sat down the podcast with me and was like, "That was a trauma for me, mm. losing my granddad at that age." And I was like, well, I didn't have a granddad. I, I had one, but I didn't really see him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So the other one was dead already. Yeah. He, I didn't think he was dead before. I, so I didn't have that relationship. Right. So therefore, I didn't understand didn't her grief. It. Yeah. And I'd slag her when I was younger. And I wouldn't slag her now. Yeah. But, well, I, and now I see the pictures and I said, until she kind of did a podcast with me. And she was like, every time someone, because they're, they're huge, they're the Coonies. Do you know the Coonies out of town? Yeah. Huge family, and she was like, Every time one of them would die, I'd be like, Go mad that they died because yeah. they were going to see me nanny, or they were going to see me yeah. granda. Yeah. And then she said, At the graveyard, she loves when a person, a new body goes into the ground because she can take her grief, she can talk to that person and take it back to the very start of it, what the how she felt about her ma. Like, so the grief process, for and she'd sit down that grave and talk to people for hours. Yeah, no, I don't go to grave. Do you not go to grave? No. So it's mad how different people yeah. grieve. You don't go at all, do you know? At all. I don't like it. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I got my ma and dad's headstone. So my ma's saying was, and she used to say this to everybody, mm. like, you know, I'd be giving out about something. I was always believing giving out. And she says to me, I would you ever get the Holy Spirit into you and stop giving out? Mm. So the Holy Spirit is actually a bird. Mm. It's like a dove. Mm. So her headstone is a heart. And it's the wings of the Holy Spirit in that. It's lovely, it is. Beautiful. Like, she would have liked it, you know. Mm. But um, 
and that's the like so she'd be seven years next month and I'd say that headstone is on probably five years or more and I've been once now I tell a lie I was so my granny and granda is buried here mm. and my brother is in with them next to it is me auntie's husband franner so i i would have been mm. at the grave then next to that is me ma's youngest sister who only died in december she had a stroke and she died and then on the outside because me ma loved being on the edge me ma and dad is there so the the four graves are together and it's just mad how it mm. worked out Open glass in heaven, yeah. So the last time I was at the grave would have been Esther's funeral, and that was last December. And that was the 23rd, the 22nd of December. My dad's anniversary was the 23rd of December. So my dad went, went to, so he died, and he went to the church on the 28th of December. His 65th birthday. God. Stuart's first year anniversary. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so within 12 months. That's how quick it was. That's how quick it was. So the three of them were gone within 12 months. And my mum and dad, so my mum died 10 months after Stuart. Mm. And my dad died 10 weeks after my mum. Yeah. I know you say like the science days, all your science with that timeline and stuff. It's just crazy. And my granny and granda, like my granda died and 10 weeks to the day later, my granny died. And I get like what Jen was saying that like, you know, like I do kind of like, how are you not, how are you not like locking yourself up like in somewhere? Because my kids got me through. Like if I hadn't had them, I would have took to the bed Mm -hmm. easily. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't have bothered me. I didn't care about nothing or nobody. But because my ma was a good mother and she showed me how to be a good mother, I had to be a good mother for my kids. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't want them saying, Jeez, my ma's always in bed and she doesn't wash herself. Like, my kids never see me crying. No. No. Why? Because Poppy's real sensitive and she doesn't like when you cry. And then I'm afraid to tell them the story, like to get into it with them, because I don't want them to have that heartache yet. They're too young. They're too innocent. Do they know what happened to Stuart? No, well, she's only not. She only went nine. nine. Yeah. yeah. So no, I think that's too young. Yeah, way too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did you go to Stuart's grave? So Stuart is beside. Mm. They're all beside each other. But between him and your mum dying, did you go to his grave? No, I don't go to graves. You didn't go to his grave either. No, but I've, I was never into graves. Yeah. So. So the way you said your mum never went, you but you never went either. No, my ma, you no. So my ma never went. Which mm. my ma used to go up to me nanny and granda. Right. But then when Stuart went in, that was it. My ma never went. No, she <laughs> couldn't. She couldn't see that like she couldn't even look at a photograph of Stuart she couldn't even say his name and she used to she used to be like like why why is people ask me am I all right like well she was grateful for people for asking her was she all right but she didn't want people to mm. ask her was she all right because she used to cry mm. and I used to be like fuck them mm. let somebody say something to you because I was a little fucking mm. you know I'm not like that anymore and um, she, 
I've never seen anybody. The colour, the colour she went. She was, you looked at her and she was just broken. Yeah, she was just broken. Paul's um, aunt did a podcast with me at the very beginning of season one. And it's obviously Paul's uncle, his his mum's brother, he killed himself. They don't know whether he fell in front of a train in London or jumped in front of a train in London. And they didn't know he died until months, months later. He was a John Doe. And a priest found him and they were trying to trace his Irish family, but they couldn't trace his oh. Irish family at all. And then a phone call happened and it was the mother got it. But Marion says, Paul's mom, the day Georgie died is the day my ma died. And she said, and my ma forgot she had other kids. Other kids. Yeah. And yeah. she said the, the resentment. She didn't have it. I don't think like she's a couple of me. I don't kind of probably speaking out torn there, but she just said that she just she just gave up. See, I suppose we don't know what it's like to lose a child. No. And tip would hopefully we never yeah. do. Mm. But I could I I seen the effects of it with me, ma. Mm. And I used to be like almost like screaming inside my head. But I'm here. Like, you still have me. You know, like, I don't want you to go anywhere. You know, and, and for ages I was like, um, you know, I'd never say this to me, ma. I'd be like, he done that to himself, like, he's robbing you. Like, we were robbed. We were robbed. Stuart didn't, God love Stuart, like, you know, but my ma and dad was never surviving without him. Ever. They couldn't. They didn't know how to. And they blamed themselves. The blame. You know, and no matter what you said to them, you know, like, it's not you. They blamed themselves. Yeah. It's horrific. Yeah. That's the word for it. It's horrific. Yeah. And to go through all that and to sit here with me. I know you are probably forced into telling me a story, but to tell me a story and how you are today, like, as I said, you just have to get on with it for the kids. But I hope, like, did you ever go to a medium or anything like that? Yeah, not good ones, though. Mm. Um, yeah, no, not good ones. Mm. So I don't know. But I know if my ma could get assigned to me, me, mm. she would. Mm. Because the the relationship we had. So that's why I'm like, do I believe? Because I know she could get to me, she'd get to me. And it's seven years next next month and she hasn't got to me yet. Is it that you don't believe in God then? Or don't believe in... I believe in me, ma and da. Mm-hmm. I believe in Stuart. I believe in me nanny and granda. I think if there was a God, why did he do this? Why did he give so much heartache to one family? So, like, come here, Poppy made a communion, like... Of course, no, I know, know, but it's... it's But I think, like, how somebody could dish all that out to one person, like, one family, when there's absolute fucking scumbags going around, living their best life, and all they get is luck. And then look what we're at again. You know, so, no... It's hard to contemplate that, isn't it? It's hard yeah. to... I remember the priest saying when I was organising my mass funeral, you know, like, like 
so the priest would have known my ma because my ma went to mass every Sunday and like, oh, your mother had great faith. And I was like, yeah, and look where that got her. And he was kind of looking at me. And I was rolling my eyes at him and Brida goes to me. You've no interest in what he's saying. I was like, I wish he'd just shut the fuck up and just do what we want him to do. Like, don't try to be preaching to me. You know what I mean? Don't be saying all these fucking holy things. Like, I don't care. I want my ma. Can you give me her? No. I don't care about you and your God. That's where I taught him. He was a lovely man. Mm. But he couldn't give me what I wanted. So don't start trying to preach to me. To preach him Oh, yeah, all the time. I write our letters. Yeah. Yeah. I write our letters and... What do you say? Just like, I miss you. I wish you were here. I wish, like, she missed Riley's communion. She missed Poppy's communion. She missed Poppy's first day and... These big things, you know, that I thought she was going to be here for. And, like, there's, there's no better go-to person than your ma. Like, picking up the phone and, like, what your ma will say is going to make it all. And I know that sounds stupid, I'm 44 and a grown adult, but I still want my ma to make it okay. You want your ma for the yeah. rest of your life. Like, even when I had my kids, like, I'd ring her in the morning time. I'd be like, oh, man, knackered, like. And she'd be saying, what time did the baby wake up? I'd say, oh, she's up since seven, you know. And she'd be like, tell you what, come on into me and you go down to bed. So I used to go into my mass, dump the kids on her, go to bed. She used to make me hot water bottle, tea and toast, and I'd mm-hmm. conk out. Mm-hmm. That's what I did. And I'd be in work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I'd get up and I'd be ordering them all around. Yeah. Yeah. How are you going to... Do you put things in place to get yourself through the big things? Or are you day by day? No, I'm not day by day. Like, you you know these people that say, ah, oh, one day at a time, I can't, I have to plan. I have to know what I'm doing. Like, so I always make plans. So I'm like... So I'll go here next year or I'll do this and I'll do that. And I'll do, like, I'm always doing something because I always kind of want to look forward, mm. not look back. Because if I start looking back, I don't know where I'll be if, if, I, if did you get me? Mm. So like my sister just say to me, ah, you'd want to relax mm. and give yourself a minute. Like, so when my mind gets crazy, I have to clean. Like, I'm a cleaner. So I, like, I'll scrub, and that calms me down. Mm. No way people say, I go for a run, or mm. I, do, I clean. Mm. That, that, like, totally just chills me out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, no, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm a planner. Are you ever worried it's going to catch up on you? Oh, I'm exhausted. Me, mine is be racing. But it's like, it's like I don't know how to stop. Mm. And, and like, I try to do that, you know, Reiki, and I try to do the mindfulness, and I just can't get into that room where they want you to be in a forest or on the beach. I'm like, no, like, 
going, get the kids uniform ready and she has to do this and he has to do that. And, oh, fuck, I've no bread and mm. I need to get Tyler rolling. So I, me mind is constantly, and that's right up till I fall asleep. And then I wake up in the morning and it's go again. Do you sleep? Yeah, well, I didn't sleep great last night because I knew I was coming mm. here, so I was up the bleeding walls. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I wouldn't be a bad sleeper. Mm. Yeah, uh, I'd be, yeah, all right. Do you know that I'm looking after you? I don't know. Do you know? I don't know because I want that sign. Mm. I, like, I'm a doubtful Thomas like me man as well. So, like, I know, Rebecca, if she could get to me, I'd be the first person she'd get to. And me dad. Do you not think sitting here though, with me, not same with me, having this conversation, this was meant to be, Orla. I don't know. Because of this whole interaction that we've had mm. has been, was mad, was completely mad. Yeah. And have you ever sat down and spoke about them like this? Not too strange, I know. Because I told you, I don't tell any, because like... I know I keep saying that I'm private, but, like, I don't tell people my story because I don't like that tilt of the head. Ah, that pitiful look. So I don't want, I want people, I want people to see me how I want them to see me. How do you want them to see Just as normal, like, I look at her, she's a real happy person. Are you a happy person? Sometimes, sometimes. But you'd never know when I wasn't happy. Because I'm great at putting on a show. You don't have to be. Like, you don't have to I be. Know. And that's where I, I'd worry about you. Do you know what I mean? I'd worry about... Yeah. But I have to, to have my brave, brave face. It's like my little coping mechanism. That's okay. And like I'd be great for the, the jokes and the one-liners because it deflects it. Mm. Like when people say to me, so how are you? I don't want people asking me how I am. Mm. I'd rather ask you how you are. Like, don't be worrying about me, I'd be grand. Now, when I go home, Ed mm. gets it all, mm. you know, so he knows mm. the real me. And yeah, like, good friends as well, like, great friends, mm. you know, but I just don't like kind of talking about it, you know what I mean? Because, like, I don't know, I think sometimes we'd be like, oh, Jesus, people do be thinking it's nearly seven years, she ever get over herself? As I said, what I was doing to Natalie. Now, you know the way, like, people say, she's still bleeding, harping on about that. But, like, to me, it's like that only happened to me ten minutes ago. That's the hurt I still feel. You know, and I'll, and I'll like, I'll never get over it. Like, I can, I can learn to live with it a bit better, and every day I learn to live with it a bit more. But I'll never be healed. I'll never stop missing them. I'll never stop thinking, what if they were still here? Oh, God, like, many, many more holidays would we have had? What would you think? Uh, like, Poppy and Riley, it's, it's that I pine for as well. That, that they, like, even, we've no babysitters. Mm. Stuart always minded the kids. Me, Matt and Dad, I was like, I could go, like, we went to Vegas. And me, Matt and Dad. Minded the kids. Do you know what I mean? It's that not coming forth to anybody and not having anybody. Now, don't get me wrong, my nephew is great. He'll take the kids. And I don't like asking people because I'm like, they have their own life. 
But if my man and dad was here, I wouldn't even have to ask them. Mm. They'd just do it. And that's not the only reason it's I miss li- them I know, for a babysitter. It's the know? little things in life that we yeah. take for granted. And as you said, very poignant there, that this happened to you 10 minutes ago. Mm. And I think that's where a lot of people in your situation with lost people try to get through to the likes of me or their friend or their colleague who just doesn't get it. Mm. Now, I get it from the podcast and starting that podcast. I've become way better at that stuff. Um, But I just hope this does help people through their grief or people to try and understand grief a little bit better. Yeah. Because it it doesn't it doesn't get any easier. You just learn to live with it. You know, it's there. It's always there. My heart is always heavy, and it's probably always even when I'm happy. My heart is heavy. You know, like Poppy's communion. Like I cried the whole morning because I looked at her and she was just like a little angel, and I was like, oh, my mother loving this. You know, she would if she'd have loving it and like seeing Riley on his communion. She like. And she's missed all that. And Stuart has missed it because he was mad about Poppy as well and Riley. And I was like, oh, why aren't they still here for this? Like if you could turn back time, mm-hmm. you know? Do you think if you could turn back time, would, do you think for Stuart, him turning back time, do you think he would have wanted to do it? I don't know. I don't know. If I could turn back time... And I know now, if I knew then what I know now, is that the right way to mm-hmm. say it? Like, I probably would have gave him more time, talked to him more, talked to him more openly, asked him how he was feeling. You know, we don't ask people how they're really feeling. Or if we do, and people say, ah, oh, yeah, Grant. Like, I say that all the time and I'm dying inside. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't want to burden people. But yeah, I would have burdened my ma. Mm. I'd have told my ma exactly how I was feeling. I tell Ed exactly how I'm feeling. Mm. But it's like that. You don't want to burden people and you don't want them to think, oh, she's fucking off again, this one. Mm. You know, and I'd say that's probably how Stuart felt. I don't know. Because mm. I never asked him. Mm. And then you have to think about the repercussions. And do they... Are they so lost, they're so completely lost in their head, in their sorrow, in that they need a way out, that they just don't understand the repercussions yeah. of their actions? Like, and I really don't think Stuart understood what he was doing because, like, he left a note and Stuart has a daughter. Mm. And as I told you, we used to go away for New Year's all the time. So he left a note with the money for her hotel for her to go to the hotel and then like in in another little note it was like um you know please forgive me and i'm sorry and play crazy world at my funeral because my ma used to say to him all the time how can i protect you in this crazy world and he would say it's all right yeah yeah so I, I don't know if, like, because we were saying, like, what did he think? Like, we were all still going to go to the hotel. Mm. So, mm. remember I told you, you used to kind of get mixed up. Mm. I don't know. Mm. 
did you play Crazy World at funeral? Yeah, yeah, we got um, we got um, me cousins is in a band and the singer of the band he's a beautiful singer, so he sang it and uh, yeah, he sang it and he sang it beautiful like acoustic in the mm. church. Mm. And we also played at the grave. I mean, my song, she loved Paddy Casey, Saints and Sinners. Mm. Because she was a saint and she mm. was a sinner, a bit of a sinner as well. Mm. And i never forget, the first time she heard that song, she says to me, Now, Arlette, if I ever die, that's the song I want at my funeral. Mm. And that's the song we had for me, ma. Arlette, well, on that note, we leave it there. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. And I hope I didn't give you that nod to the, nod to the head that you don't like that you, to get. And um, I'm just so glad that our paths have crossed and sat down and heard your story. So thanks for doing that. Thank you. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.